Welcome to Slices of Life, the podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. Communication can be one of the hardest things to get right in marriage. Even if we do get along, life can make us so busy that our conversations become more like updates in a business meeting than an exchange between two people who cherish one another. Today, we are talking about a few strategies when coupled with intentionality and patience can change all that. But before we get started, let's do what we do each week and ask an in-your-words question. We want to know, what is the one thing that you and your spouse agree on and one thing that you don't? Okay, so the one thing that my husband and I do have in common is that we're not really like um, party people, social, you know, bees, like wanting to be everywhere in every party. Like we're very, like we love just being at home with our kids. Um, And if we could, if we had the opportunity to go to a party or to watch a movie and have pizza with the kids, we would always just rather do the low-key one. Um, I don't know why. That's just how we are, and I love that he likes that too. The one thing that we're very different is that I'm always on the go. Um, So, like, if I have time, I would try to fill it with something, and he's more like, let's see how we feel and see what the day looks like, and then we'll decide what we're going to do. And I'm like, I wake up and I'm already thinking about a list of things that has to be done. So we're very different, you know, in that sense. This is Diana Jones. And the one thing that my husband, Corey, and I could see eye to eye on is creating dedicated time to spend with our kids. So whether that's eating dinner just about every night or playing board games or, um, you know, riding our bicycles together, we try to do... Uh, you know, at least one of those things every day. The one thing that we do not see eye to eye on is when I want him to help me um, and to clean up the office desk together, which, you know, things pile up, there's things that need to be filed away or scanned. And, um, you know, I'd love to have his help with that, but he, he'd prefer me to handle that. So that's it. All right, so the Connect Before You Correct episode of our show was one of the most popular. And for those of you that listen to the show, you might be surprised to learn that the same principles used in communicating as a parent can also be applied to relationships as well. Elise, you did a blog post on this for Circles of Faith, so I'd love for you to just jump right in and talk to us about this principle. Um, You know, you mentioned in the article that you and your husband were very different communicators. You want to start off by telling us a little bit about that? Well... First of all, um, I'll just give you an example of what happens in the morning, for example. I'm the person who tends to jump out of bed with my to-do list in my brain, and I quickly am thinking about the day ahead and what it entails, and I start ticking off things that, uh, you know, okay, so, so what are we going to do? What's on the agenda? Where will you be? Kind of stuff. And my husband does not wake up the same way. He literally gets up, goes downstairs, gets himself a cup of coffee and kind of doesn't really want to talk and feels accosted when I um, start talking about the things that need to be done. Um, And he just, he just needs that quiet start. He needs his thinking time. Um, 
And he just does not want to hear from me about what I have on my mind, what I'm thinking about. Um, you know, it's kind of like, okay, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And Chris is like, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> talk to me later. <laughs> I think of my to-do list as just sort of a factual piece of information. And I don't think of how my husband responds to it. My husband feels, even whether it's morning, noon, or night, he feels accosted by a to-do list. He feels accosted by my energy (laughs) (laughs) uh, that is attached to my to-do list. And I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it as corrective. I don't mean it as... um, you know, something like an accusation of something that he hasn't gone, gotten to yet. But that is how he receives the way I um, approach to-dos, goals, um, you know, a weekend day. Okay, we've got a free day, which is a rare thing. What are the things we're going to do today? It's just his response to that is to shut down or to defend. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Right, because he perceives it differently. Then you, then you're presenting it. I perceive it as sort of a, okay, let's get going. Let's do what we got to do. Um, rather than get to the end of the day and feel sort of like nothing's gotten done and we just kind of couldn't make a decision about what had to be done. Let's figure it out and let's, let's, um, agree to it and let's work on it. Whereas, um, I think Chris would prefer to sort of flow into things the way he wants to. At what point did you realize that things needed to change with you and your husband and the ways you communicated? We sat down and had a conversation and my husband was honest and said, you know, I just feel like you are a um, drill sergeant (laughs) (laughs) and you're just kind of commanding and, you know, there's, um, we're just sort of, so at times it feels like we're, we're ships passing in the night. And I felt this too, by the way, it wasn't just him. Um, we're ships passing in the night. We have our to-do lists. We're sort of living parallel lives and we don't feel like we're a team. That's really, I think that's what really, um, made us stop and recalibrate. And, um, and we recognize that, that we did not want, that relationship wasn't working for us. We, we wanted to feel connected. We wanted to feel um, like we were on the same page. And again, teamwork is really important to both of us. And we wanted to be collaborating on our lives together, not to be um, mm-hmm. you know, doing our own thing, kind yeah. of. So, Noelle, can you relate to this? How are you and your husband's communication styles? Are they similar or are they different? Completely different. I think Completely that's the case with different. most of us. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I think, well, mm, this is, this should give you some example. I, I'm a big, like I like to communicate, but when I'm upset and emotional, I do not communicate well. Hmm. So, um, we had to really work through that a lot. Hmm. And, you know, Troy would just be like, just, just, just tell me what, what it is that you want or what you're feeling or what you're upset by. And it could take me like, you know, three hours to get to my point, honestly, cause I'm like working through all the emotion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, you know, he used to laugh about it, but like I would be talking and sharing my heart. And even as I'm like monologuing my, you know, defense or whatever you want to call it, I'd be like changing my mind. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you don't pay attention. No, actually you pay attention to me too, too much or whatever, you know? <laughs> so we've had to re- like, one of the things that there's a few things we've had to do, but before we like, you know, address each other or correct each other in regard regards to our relationship, we have to really know what exactly we're talking about. And sometimes the emotion, it like trips you up, trips me up. Mm-hmm. And I come at him and I'm like crying or maybe yelling and, and, but we're not actually getting to the point because I'm this, all this emotion is like just drowning me. So sometimes for me, I either write it out or I need to take a walk and like process it through without him there. And then literally like come up with a sentence or two of what exactly I'm mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it, it's going to waste a lot of time. And that frustrates him to him. It's just, let's, let's get, let's, let's fix it. Let's solve it. Let's just, you know, let's not waste all this time talking about our emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I do need to, I need to process it that way. And for him, he has to take time and consider how I'm going to feel and what he says is good, how it's going to make me feel. But at the same time, we, we really try to work on, um, like how one of the things you brought up early is how, how the other person's going to perceive what is being said as to what is the actual truth of what is being said. Mm-hmm. And we had to make an agreement that we're really going to fight hard to believe the truth that was being said, as opposed to what I am personally perceiving being said, because this is a person that I've chosen to live my life with for the rest of my life. So I need to believe that when he says to me, you know, I really, you know, I wish you took care of that one thing when I was at work and you didn't, and it made me kind of feel like you didn't really care about what I was saying that I don't perceive that as, Everything that I do, he doesn't care about. None of that counts. Because that's what I'll do. I'll be like, well, because I didn't do that one thing for you, you're, you don't feel like I'm listening to what you're saying. I do this, 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 this. I mean, we know how this goes. Mm-hmm. So instead, stop and be like, okay, he's feeling like I did not listen to him this one particular thing, and that has hurt him. Okay, so sorry that happened. It was not my intention. I'm going to pay, I'm going to really pay attention to the details that you're saying next time. So I can show you that. But trust me, you know, we've come to this place and very, very, um, clumsily. I'm mm-hmm. because it, it takes a lot to connect before you correct when two people are bringing their emotions, their opinions, their, you know, family history, everything into the mix. There's a lot you have to kind of navigate through. So it is important that you really do stop and think about the other person and remember, you know, this is the person you're choosing to live your life with. Mm-hmm. Um, that should count for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you realize, at least that connect before you correct could be applied? Some of those principles could be applied to your marriage. Did you learn that? Were you taught when you learned this, these principles to apply it to your marriage? Or you were you kind of like, hmm, like these principles are working with my kids. What if I do yeah. this with my husband? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I was definitely talking to my trustee counselor, Suzanne, and, um, she helped me sort of talk through the shift of how to apply this to, um, my relationship with my husband, because it's not as obvious. I mean, it doesn't feel like I'm correcting him when I ask him to do things, but that's how it was feeling to him. So it was, mm. it was easy enough to make the shift. 
Um, and then once I saw that, I, I could see, um, you know, that there was a lack of relationship or at least trusted relationship undergirding those sort of demands or requests even. And so how are we going to rebuild the foundation of the relationship so that we, we felt connected? So did you start making these subtle changes to the way you communicated or did you come together all at one time and say, okay, now we're going to communicate different? Well, I think we had to have the conversation about mm-hmm. Um, this is how things are feeling right now between us. We're, we're mm-hmm. kind of, and again, I think this is, this happens majorly when you're in the middle of raising all these kids and running in all these different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, when it really takes two parents to raise three or four children because one has to be in one place on a field And the other one has to be at another practice for dance or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you really do get that relationship of just um, you can get into this sort of default. So we had to stop, which I really do feel is the first step in making any change. You have to stop and sit down and think and talk and try to use I language. You know, I'm feeling I or, you know, the, the whole, I feel accosted when I walk into a room. It's not you this, you that, but, you know, mm-hmm. really being responsible for my own feelings and him being responsible for his. Mm-hmm. So that it's, it's stopping, it's thinking, it's talking and sort of saying, you know, what are some things that, um, that are really hard for me to, to, um, accept because of the way I'm made and what are some th- same thing for you and how can we come together on that? So as you started to change the way that you guys, Oh, I'm sure I said that too loud, too close. So as you started to change the way that you communicated with your husband, what was his response? What did you see in him? Did you, were you getting uh, the kind of reactions and the kind of, um, that you, yes. that you anticipated? Yes. Um, definitely. Because at first, when we started to be intentional about connecting, the language feels a little fake, a little inauthentic. You're not really communicating in the way that you're used to communicating with one another. So there's definitely an acknowledgement. And sometimes a, sometimes it was with humor, which is good too. Because, um, you know, get, using an example of sort of putting the, putting the shoe on the other foot with me, Chris has a habit of, um, coming and going without saying anything like leaving our house without saying goodbye or, um, coming in back in the house and sort of starting mid sentence. And I, I like, I like a greeting. I like him to say, Hey, hi, how are you? How was your day? Blah, blah, blah. And we had a very funny, um, interaction about this where we actually had to talk about it. And I said, you know, I just feel like you walk in the door. I want to be like kissed hello. I want you to ask me how my day is just like, you know, um, father knows best or these old fashioned shows that I grew up with kiss on the cheek, Donna Reed, whatever. Um, and it doesn't happen. Like you just walk in the door and start talking about your day. And, and I'd like a little connection. And my husband really played that out for a while in a very, very funny way. If he went out to put the garbage out, He'd come back in and go, so how are you? Missed you. And he'd give me a kiss. So sometimes <laughs> you have to sort of exaggerate your response and yeah. then it, it becomes, um, 
it becomes something that you're used to. It's no longer, I'm trying to do something, I'm working on something, but now we're actually, we've shifted our communication and it's actually yeah. working really nicely. Yeah. So. Noel, have you consciously made changes in the way you communicate with your husband? I've mentioned this before that we do not have any deep conversations after 10 o'clock at night. That's- when we were first married, that's like my prime time to ponder life's, you know, mysteries. Mm-hmm. And that is Troy's prime time to sleep. So very early on, we realized that we cannot discuss deep, heavy things after 10 even if we're like in a fight kind of thing or we're having disagreement, we will just literally, if it gets too late, we'll say, you know, we're just going to press pause. We pray and then we go to bed. It, that, that's hard for me because mm. I want to like just solve it. Mm-hmm. But there comes to a point, we've, I've just learned this about Troy and, and about myself, that you just start to get tired Mm-hmm. And you start saying stupid stuff to each other. They don't really mean, or you're not really communicating at your best potential yeah. for us. So we've learned that we just, we just don't do it. Like we just mm-hmm. don't. And then in the morning we wake up a little early and, <laughs> you know, we'll agree like, okay, we'll wake up at six thirty before the kids wake up and we'll hash this out. And, um, and usually it's better. Yeah. Because we've had a good night's sleep and we've had a little bit more perspective. We're not in the heat of the moment. So we're able to make a good decision and go forward and start mm-hmm. our day really like, okay, we've come up with a plan together. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've learned to do. But yeah, I mean, that was hard for me because that was more of a sacrifice on my part because I want to be like, why can't we talk to three o'clock in the morning about, yeah, you know, this thing that I'm thinking about? And for Troy, it's like, I can't talk to you because I'm tired and I, I sleep at that time. Yeah. So, you know. Well, that's a perfect example of understanding. So there's four things that um, Elise laid out in her post. And one of them is understanding. And that's a perfect thing. That's a perfect example of taking time to figure out your spouse and their personality and what they're going through and to make the changes necessary in order for you guys to communicate well. So you've said, okay, you're, you're not going to speak to me after 10. So I've got to change the way I do things so that we can actually have a good conversation about that. And, um, you know, I think that takes some effort and some pause to say, okay, yeah, you're not like me. And instead of saying Mm -hmm. you're not like Mm -hmm. me, so you're, um, you should be, instead of saying you should be like me saying, yeah. well, you're not like me and let's figure out how we can make this work. And let's figure out how we can work within each other's personality, our strengths, our weaknesses, our tendencies. Um, and I think that's, that's mm-hmm. sometimes hard. Um, but I think we, it can t- totally be done. Yeah. And I think when you, when you show some sense of understanding, you, that is, that is, um, a clear indication that you've been heard. And again, mm. when, when Chris did something so silly and so exaggerated as, you know, um, giving me a kiss and asking me how my day was when he went out for five minutes, the, that really made me feel good. Cause I knew he heard me, he, yeah. you know, and, and he was joking about it a little bit, but it was like, I'll do this. Cause I heard you, I heard mm. what you had to say. So yeah, that's good. Okay. And also, um, empathy. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk about that, Elise? Well, I think one of the things that we do in marriage is if we get into a certain rut, we start to think that the other person is almost against us, um, that some of their, their behaviors are something 
um, that are that's literally contrary to me, you know, a reaction to me. And so if we slow down to kind of think about, okay, what's really going on here? I mean, it's just, maybe it's just a style that somebody was raised on, or maybe it's just a preference. So if I can get into Chris's shoes and understand his perspective, that he's not trying to upset me, but he's just, you know, this is his perspective, his way of doing things, then it really diffuses um, what can what the, the anger that can build up and the lack of understanding. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And then also tell us about reflecting and relating. Well, okay, so I am really big on, you know, um, taking a moment to think about where we're coming from and um, where our actions are coming from. Like, why did I do a particular thing? So if I do that, I take ownership over my own way of approaching life. Mm -hmm. Then, um, I can share that with Chris and give him some insight into where I'm coming from so that actually he can have understanding and empathy towards me and realize that what I'm doing isn't, um, you know, trying to basically boss him around going back to the sort of chore list thing. It's just, it's just, a um, you know, here's, here's how I'm thinking. I get up in the morning and I've got this to do list. And I guess the first thing I want to do is kind of get it out of me. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can tell Chris about that, then he can say, okay, this is not about me. This is about her. Mm-hmm. What right. she needs to do. Right. I often mm-hmm. say to my husband when we're talking, I'm like, all right, I just need to preface this with, you know, what I'm about to say. I need to preface it with this. I need to let you know that this is what I need from you or this is what mm. I'm thinking. But just sort of prepping him and letting him know what it is that I need ahead of time. Yeah, that's a good idea. Really is good. Super helpful. Yeah. So that he doesn't yeah. go there and automatically revert to maybe what he experienced in other relationships mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. maybe um, what, what goes against the grain of his personality. That's good. You know, and, and he can even pref- he'll even preface with me saying, I know you don't really want to talk right now, but I do need an answer to this question. And mm-hmm, so when mm-hmm. we do that back and forth with each other, it it helps. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it's kind of checking off on each of the. um the points that we're making, the understanding, the empathy, the reflecting and relating. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just this, it's such a wonderful thing. Really. You're moving forward in a relationship where you're like, I know you, I I know you and I understand you. And I'm going to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. as, as we enter into this conversation. And I think sort of to one of the things, Kimberly, you know, there is a tendency, not always, but there is a tendency for women to sort of want to just like lay it out and men Mm -hmm. to want to fix it. And sometimes we need to say, for example, now, I, I, I don't want a fix for this. Uh, in fact, it's really not what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for you to listen to me mm-hmm. for a few minutes yeah. and yeah. not offer what I can do about this. Mm-hmm. But just to maybe say, I hear you. Oh, yeah, yeah. that must have been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. We can warn them ahead of time. I know. I mean, there's a, a classic line they always say, and that's just, I'm just telling you this because I need to tell someone my feelings. And that's just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and for Troy, as long as I tell him what his role is supposed to be, not that he doesn't know, but that he's not supposed to fix or, you know what I mean, then he's cool. Like, he's like, yeah, I can listen to this. But if, if, if he starts giving me, like, 
solutions or trying to help me and I and I get all offended by it then he's like why did you tell me I don't understand yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. why are you sharing this with me I don't understand what is it you want from me yeah. as long as I just say I'm just I just need to tell someone how I feel but then he's yeah. like okay but then that like and snowballs like when when you get offended then he gets offended the next uh, day yeah. you walk yeah. away and you're like well I'll go tell somebody else and it just it doesn't bode well for like what happens later on in the afternoon when you're together because you've already set the stage that you're not willing to work with one another and empathize and relate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know you, you're able then to kind of come up with a better solution for what you whatever you're facing together mm-hmm. if you're able to be very clear as my friend Mark David who's German says he's a saying he tells us and that's don't speak through the flowers which I guess means don't like beat around the bush yeah. you know mm-hmm. or sugarcoat something just say it you know just say what's going on if you're able to do that you're going to come to your solution a lot faster mm-hmm. if you know what I mean? If you just need your yeah. husband to know your feelings or your worries or concerns and you say, I just need to like let you know this is what I'm carrying, mm-hmm. then he's gonna be able to be like, Okay, you know, let's let me let me help carry this with you. Right. Or if you're like, Okay, I'm really frustrated with how things are running in this house or what's happening with my at school with the kids, I need you to help me figure this out, then he's gonna he hopefully will be able to be like, Okay, he puts that on, you know, that kind of particular right. problem solving. That's like magic words. I need you to help me out. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. and, and you are, everybody's expectations have been understood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I yeah absolutely. Important. Absolutely. And you know what? A, a lot of this stuff really takes time and, yeah. and that's the challenge. Um, especially again, in a busy marriage, busy life, busy kids. And, and, and I think it's really important to say, okay, I think that the truth is that to have a good relationship, to have a connected relationship, you have to decide, okay, we are going to intentionally connect whatever it is. Is it every week over the calendar? That helps. You know, even if it's like a half hour to say, hey, this is what's coming this week. How are you doing? What's going on for you? Um, Or, you know, every couple of weeks to have a little bit more time together over a cup of coffee or even better a date night, you know, these things do take time and they well, take investment. I think Elise, you really bring up a very valuable practical point that has really helped Troy and I. And that is when we do this, we don't always do this. Just want to um, be honest. But when we do, when we do set time aside to talk about what's happening in the week, then mm-hmm. can see if we have, put too many things in our schedule that is mm-hmm. inhibiting us from connecting. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. I'm out all these nights this week doing all these things. I'm not spending any time with my husband. You know what? I'm going to call so-and-so and see if I can move that to a different time. Yeah. Because, yeah. but if you don't do that and I, and trust us, we've not done this, mm-hmm. you know, faithfully we need to, but when you continually not check in with each other or create the calendar together, it's going to be very difficult to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really true really important. Well, the last point that you made in the article was about brainstorming and finding a cooperative approach to the solution. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whether it's something that you guys are up against together that you need to work out and find a creative approach or just brainstorming about how you guys can work better together, Mm -hmm. you know, like the nighttime morning thing. Um, 
you know, my husband and I finally said, all right, so when are we going to talk? Like, it's not working in the evenings. I did try to set an alarm. Okay, at 8 o'clock every night, we'll sit down for half an hour. But I just, it wasn't working for me. And he was willing to make the sacrifice and start getting up early with me. And we would go Mm -hmm. for a run together. So we needed to talk. We needed to talk to one another and say, all right, well, how are we going to make this work? Okay, well, maybe we should have a lunchtime call. Well, I don't know if I can do that every day. Okay, well, maybe we do Mm -hmm. this. Like, going through the process of, 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 um, thinking outside the box and saying, yeah, how can we better, how can we yeah. better make this work? Whether it's your relationship itself or the things that you're coming up against as a couple. Um, I think that you need to talk and you just need to throw a bunch of ideas out on the table yeah. and to yeah. see what works for you. And then you practice them. If they don't work, you move on and you try something new. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's another kind of one of those bigger picture things that comes to mind with brainstorming. Um, my tradition was to go to Cape Cod every year of my life. And that's what I kind of wanted to continue doing. I feel like Mm -hmm. we may have talked about this on another episode, but, um, we, that was my assumption. And Chris was just kind of coming along a little bit begrudgingly originally, but the bottom line is when we came to the table to talk about what we had both experienced growing up or what our expectations were of what was going to be, where were we going to spend some precious you know, time away, time, vacation time. It's it's not like something we can do easily. What are we going to do about that? And that cooperative approach led us to find a new place for us as a family. And we ended up in, um, in Maine, in um, Southwest Harbor. And it was like a really awesome picture of what happens when you sit down, you open up the floor, you, you, you kind of explore what, what you've done and then start to explore what you can do and how you can do it differently. And we just came up with a great solution that worked for our family for years. Um, and that's, you know, a bigger thing, but, right. but that's the kind of thing that can happen on, on every level. So mm-hmm. if, if we both, we, we both come from different places, we both have different perspectives. Um, you know, as, as you said earlier, Kimberly, um, we kind of, you know, expect the, instead of saying, well, you just need to be more like me and then, and then there'll be no problem here. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm this way. You're that way. How can we create something different between us? That's even better. Really? Mm-hmm. How can we make a new way of approaching whatever the issue is? Um, family dinners or, you know, mm-hmm. the calendar, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really kind of exciting and can really yield good fruit. Yeah. So Elise, what would you say to our listeners who maybe doesn't have a spouse that's willing to sit down at the Mm -hmm. table and talk about changes that need to be made? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, I kind of, I I absolutely feel we have to start with us. If we have Mm -hmm. the conviction, um, if we, you know, again, it reminds me of counseling. Um, I went to counseling first because I was convicted and needed to change. Once I started to make some changes, it was time for Chris and I to get on board together. And so we did some counseling together. So that's just an example of um, how it sort of caught on. It's like, okay, this is my, um, this is what I'm feeling called to right now. So I'm going to work on this and it's going to be organic. The, the, The spouse or the partner or even in a friendship if I make these changes, they will have repercussions in the relationship and the other person will automatically make some changes of their own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kind of like get over yourself in a way. Yeah. And I do think, um, 
we can trust God with the work yeah. that he wants to do in their heart. That's right. You know, yes. um, many times when I yes. want to point at my husband and say, look what he's doing, God, why aren't you changing him? I'm often prompted to change myself. And so I have to decide whether or not I'm going to trust Amen. God to my husband, or if I'm going to take on that huge responsibility of making him into something yeah. different, which really isn't my place. No. Yeah. Well, you know, there's that, uh, uh, that thought, um, when somebody points a finger, there is one finger pointing out and three fingers pointing back at us. So there's, we all, I think we're always called to that. What about me? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to affect Mm -hmm. you? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's good. And you're right, Kimberly. Um, what am I going to do? What is the Lord calling me to? And I can trust him to take care of my husband Mm -hmm. in this situation. Absolutely. All right. So Elise, give us this week's coaching challenge. Okay. Well, um, you know, a simple one, but not an easy one. I'm going to ask you to sit down with your husband over one issue where you feel like you just aren't seeing eye to eye. Um, whatever it is that you just keep coming up with a difference between the two of you and take a few minutes to talk about where you're coming from. What is your perspective on whatever that particular issue may be and asking your spouse, what does he think and see what happens. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find everything we talked about today on the show notes and at slicesoflifepodcast.com. This is the last episode of season three. Throughout November and December, we'd love for you to catch up on episodes you've missed and also take a moment to share our show with a friend. Our team is looking forward to coming back in January to share with you what we've been working on and how you can be a part of it. Subscribe to us in iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. While you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us. Thank you.